Welcome back to Kavah the Podcast. I'm Kelly Archibald, and I want to thank you for tuning in. We live in a crazy world, so we made this podcast to shine some hope into your life. Our guests have lived through some incredible things, both good and bad, and they want to share their stories with you. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. If you've been inspired or encouraged by these stories, please consider supporting us on Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information about us at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. The, the names of the um, children tell a story. Okay. Um, the firstborn, his name was uh, Danarine, Rupnarine. The secondborn is Tara. Um, then Shanti, and then Maini, and then Durga, and Balmati, and Vashti, and then David, John, and Paul. Oh, okay. That's a change. That's, David, John, and Paul. My mother became a Christian through a missionary. And she wanted to name her children Christian names. Vashti Hassaniza was the last daughter in her family with a Hindi name. That's because she was a forerunner for a brand new path for her family, a radical path. Vashti came from a lineage of people who had been displaced. Her own parents were born in Trinidad and Tobago, but their families had been brought from India as indentured servants. Vashti's path took her from Trinidad to the United States, but unlike her parents, she found freedom. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Kava. I was um, I was born in Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. And, we, and it's a Caribbean island. Okay. You know, the string of islands that come from North America to South America. Okay. We're like the last island down. So it's like 10 miles of the, off the coast of Caracas, Venezuela. And um, I grew up um, very poor. Um, the Indians were brought into Trinidad from India. The English, it's a British colony, so the English brought them. Okay. The Indians there, after they abolished slavery, okay. they brought them in as indentured servants okay. to work on the sugarcane plantation. And so my mother and father both were the first generation in Trinidad. From India. Right. Okay. Their parents were from India, but they were born in Trinidad. Wow. Okay. And um, there were 10 children, and we lived in a two-room house. Where are you in birth order? Number seven. Number seven. And I guess there were boys and girls. Five boys, five girls. Oh, nice. So the first siblings, who are they named after? They're all Indian names. Okay. Okay. Actually, they were pundit names. The Hindu pundit gave okay. spiritual names. Okay. So the religion is Hindu. Okay. The and language is Hindi. Okay. And that's what your parents were. Right. Initially. But I spoke um, English since it was a British colony. We went to English speaking schools. So yeah. it was like a Caribbean English. Okay. That's so what I grew up with. Do you have any um, fond memories or any memories that you would want to share of your childhood? Um, yeah, we lived in a two-room house, and so we were very close-knit. 
um, family. And we had um, lots of fruits and vegetables uh, growing in our yard. And one of the favorite things was um, climbing the mango tree to get mangoes and eating fresh, ripe from the tree, ripe mangoes. A lot of times that was our meal. Okay. So I love mangoes. I bet. <laughs> they probably don't taste as they good don't. anymore. <laughs> Not here because it's all picked green and then forced ripe. Yeah. Oh. Like those mangoes, Vashti's childhood was also plucked away before its time. Because as a little Indian girl, I don't, I didn't have any rights. You know, nine years old, my mother was teaching me how to cook and wash because at about 13 years old, your, your marriage is arranged. So that is the culture That's that you the grew culture up in. That I grew up in. The expectation was for you to be a wife and for you to have a husband that you cared for. Right. In fact, at 13, I had somebody already was watching me was going to ask my hand in marriage just before I came to the United States. It's, but you don't no. have any say in it. No. How did you feel about that? Um, it's not good. Okay. But then I didn't know that I had a choice. Right, right. And you grew up in it. My mother was 16 years old when she was married. Um, and... You know, over there, do you love the one you marry. You don't marry the one you love. Right. I know what you're saying. Yeah. And you just choose this. So if my father would give um, permission for this guy to marry me, I would just say, okay. Didn't have a choice. Okay. Didn't know I had a choice. Or you don't have a choice. Right. Although women in her culture didn't get to have a long childhood, Vashti's path was even more accelerated, and it all started on an ordinary day when a stranger burst into Vashti's older brother's life and changed everything. You know, my brother, the oldest of 10, <clears throat> he was 16 years old at a time. He's the first one to become a Christian through a missionary. And, and he was getting in trouble. At 16 years old, he was getting in trouble and this missionary riding a bicycle just stopped him and said, would you like to know that you can go to heaven when you die, if you would die today? And he was like, what? Say it again, you know, um, because the Hindu religion, they believe in reincarnation. They right. believe that they come back into a better life and a better life and a better life. And the top of this imaginary ladder, there's eternal life. And he knew that he was going the wrong direction. So that caught his attention, and he accepted Christ. Um, and he came home, told my parents, and they said, this is a Hindu home. We won't have any Christians living here. Mm -hmm. And so he got kicked out. And he went to live with the missionary. Oh, and through God working in his life, he came to the United States. Vashti's older brother was suddenly launched down this accelerated path and Vashti was right behind him. She soon followed his bravery and radical love for Jesus. When I was nine years old, I became a Christian through a missionary. Okay. Missionary from the United States came to Trinidad, and we had tent revivals. Yes, yes. And um, 
I remember the gospel being presented then, and I accepted Jesus in my heart. And um, I, be, I, my mother became a Christian, and we were the first Christians in that Hindu village. And Hindus are not tolerant of Christianity, mm. not at all. And so um, we suffered um, a lot of persecution, in particular my mother, mm. um, because she was so bold. Um, and so her life was threatened on a daily basis. So was ours, but she kept taking us children to church on Sundays, um, and Wednesday nights. Mm. And so, um, I remember that growing up, even going to school, I would have friends walk with me to school, but we wouldn't walk next to each other until after we passed the village. Because if the village people would see us walking together, um, my friend would be beaten, physically beaten. And so we had an agreement that we would walk together at a certain point and then we separate. And Vashti's mother followed them down the same path, despite the terrible cost. So it was also difficult, um, you know, as children. And then my mother was threatened um, physically, you know, um, People, the next door neighbor would come to her with a, um, what we call a cutlash. It's a machete. My goodness. And all she would do is just close the doors, the windows and the doors. And I watched her as a little girl. Um, she would fall on her knees beside her bed and just cried out to God. And, you know, I, me as a child thinking, why are you going through this? Why don't you just give in and, and just be what they want you to be, but she didn't. Wow. And she didn't. what about your dad? Did it affect him? It did, because he, at first, he didn't buy into Christianity. Um, and this was so unusual for my mother, because an Indian woman is very, is a possession of an Indian man. And so they have to obey their husband. I mean, literally obey. She actually took a step out um, and went against his wishes to go to church. Wow. And he beat her, and I saw her, got beaten for it, but she still kept her faith, and she kept going. Yeah. So I saw an amazing um, faith wow. growing up. That is amazing. Yeah. I think most people would be like, okay. Yeah, and especially when you see your children yeah. suffering for it. There's a lot of um, physical violence in the village, and Sorry. yeah, it was it was um, it was hard. It, it was really hard. I we really I felt alone and um, isolated. But looking back now, I know where she drew her strength from. Mm. You know, so, so because that was an amazing strength. So I became a Christian when I was nine years old. And when I was 11 years old, she died. Um, she was 39 years old and had 10 children. Actually, she had 11. One um, did not survive. And um, she had high blood pressure, but we lived in a village where there was a village doctor. There was no medicine. So she had um, a bleed in her head and had pneumonia as a complication. My goodness. So I lost my mother when I was 11 years old. But then that, that opened up a door for me to come to the United States. 
This heartbreak continued to carry Vashti and her family along their radical journey. Though she wasn't quite ripe, Vashti was picked from her home tree, and she followed her brother across the world to live in a foreign land. Through God working in his life, he came to the United States to study. He went to Florida Bible Institute and studied um, theology. And so then um, at, when, I, when my mother passed away, we were suffering a lot of persecution still. And I was writing to my brother who was in the States. And he said he was going to try to get us to the United States. And that's how we came. And he brought the four of us young ones left. Okay. I was 13. My brother was 11. And the other one was nine. And then there was a six-year-old. Okay. So th- that's what it was. Yeah. So, so two you- years after my mother died was wow. when we came to the okay. United States. As soon as they arrived in the United States, Vashti and her siblings saw an entirely new life ahead of them. This was unlike anything they'd ever seen. It was the promised land that God had set aside for them as a reward for their faith. You know, when we when we came to the United States, we had to come through Canada, Toronto, Canada, mm-hmm. to get into the United States. And it was... Me, I was 13 years old, and my three brothers, 11, 9, and 6. And they, when we got there, they said, these kids are runaways. We have to send them back. And so they held us overnight um, just to figure out what the story is and make sure we were legal. And so we got to stay in a hotel, and this first time we had carpeting on the floor, and we had a TV in the room, and we had a bathtub because when I when I grew up, I grew up in a dirt house, dirt walls, um, didn't have indoor plumbing, had to carry water on our head um, to wash and drink. And so um, staying in this hotel room, we were in shock. And so then they came to us in the evening and said, what would you like to eat? And we were just kind of looking at the, the, the lady that came to help us and I said, she thought, well, maybe if she read the menu, she would, that would help us. So she read the menu, and the only thing we recognized was chicken, because in Trinidad, we're mostly vegetarians. We eat meat once a week, and it was usually chicken or fish. So when she said chicken, we said chicken. And uh, in a family of 10, very poor, you know, a chicken leg would be cut in three pieces. Wow. One for each child, you know. So she brought a platter of chicken, and it was a leg hooked onto a thigh, even... And we were like, and so we ate all that we could eat. And then she came to get it. And we're like, no, 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 we'll keep it. We'll keep it. We couldn't, wouldn't let it go. And so we kept Nate it next morning, I think. But the bathtub was another mystery for us because um, we couldn't figure out how to keep water in it. Oh, right. And then my brother finally figured it out. And so we all took turns just kind of swimming around in the water. (laughs) Didn't know for sure. So that was a whole new experience for us. And then my brother came the next day and um, picked us up. And we were able to come into the United States in 1975. And did you live with that brother? Yes. Wow. In Kansas City, Missouri. I'm not in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> he actually graduated from the Florida Bible Institute and went to the Theological uh, Midwest Seminary okay. um, in Kansas City, Missouri. Wow. And so he kind of parented you. Right. Wow. That was a big step for him because he had one child of his own 
and he took us four in, but he knew that we would have a better chance at life yeah. if we came here. Wow. And so you left your home. Was that scary? Right. Yes, it was. It's a but, whole new world. But, you know, it was really good because I knew we pictured him in the United States, America, as being somewhere in heaven. Oh. You know, so we knew it would be good. I left a lot of friends, um, childhood friends, and it was a big change, big change, especially for a girl. Now, of course, living in this promised land was quite a learning curve, but Vashti had overcome much worse. She wasn't going to let anything cloud her vision. So you came to the United States, and did you go to school? In yes. yes. How was that? Was it so, so different? different? So different. It, I remember um, I started ninth grade, and every time the teacher would talk to me, I would stand up. Oh. It was just being automatic, just to respect in the classroom, that's right. how we were brought up. And so it took me quite a while to realize, okay, I can sit down and relax when the teacher was speaking to me. That was one of the big changes. And I'd never um, never played baseball, never knew what baseball was. I knew soccer and cricket. Okay, yes. So when I would, ninth grade, um, got the bat in my hand, I would always Put the bat down. <laughs> so I got to learn that and also learn football too. But right. the football we knew was soccer. Right. Absolutely. Or football. So was it totally culturally? Was it very confusing? Yes. Um, I was ninth grader and my friends would come to play with me. In fact, I, we went to, we we're always in a church. And the guys would try to talk to me, but I would not talk, turn my head, um, because I was taught not to. If you're talking to a boy, you're flirting with them or, you know, not being a girl of character. So that was something I had to get used to because a, a male friend of mine in ninth grade came, brought cookies for us. But I went up to the, my room and hid because I'm not supposed to talk to a boy. Wow. So that was another. We're so loose over here. <laughs> no, that's not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we just talk to boys. and <laughs> That was something else I had to kind of get used right. to. Right. And the, just the cultural norms that we have that may not be as formal. Right. And those lines are, yeah. we don't have those definitive lines, but it might be better to. I don't know. I don't know. So, so you um, got in, got you were involved in a church mm -hmm. with your brother, and like the missionary who had stopped Vashti's older brother on his bike, Vashti encountered her own messenger from God. Did you graduate from school? Yes, graduated from high school. They asked me what I wanted to study, and I had no idea. Um, oh, I know. My mother, when we were little, my, my sister and I were only a year and a half apart. She always said, "We, I want you to go to England and study to be nurses. Uh, we didn't know what nurses were or did. We didn't have medicine in the village. But she knew that a girl can either be a teacher or a nurse. And so she always said, I want when you guys grow up, you go to England and study to be a nurse there. So when they asked me what I wanted to study, I remembered her saying that, and I said, nursing. And the first time I encountered a nurse was 
just before I came to United States when we got our in injections. Oh, okay. You know, vaccinations. Yes. And um, so that was my first encounter with the nurse. But I said, I want to be a nurse. And so I, that's what directed me into okay. nursing. My sister also did the same thing when well, she came later. But anyway, did not work out for her. But I, I don't know. <laughs> right. But she... So, She's, she did the same thing and said she wanted to be a nurse. Oh, funny. But she knew it wasn't, she wasn't called to be a okay. nurse. I get that. So. <laughs> I graduated, so I graduated from high school, and my brother was poor. Um, so we lived poor. And, you know, our church helped us a lot. Mm. And so when... Um, my brother adopted us for us to become citizens, uh, for us to get our green card, become citizens. But at the time of the adoption, I was 13, and um, adoption through immigration law, you had to be under 13. Oh. And so I missed it by a few months. And so they kept me here because it was cruelty to my family to be separated. So I was kept here, but I did not have a social security number. I couldn't work or anything. I could go to school, but I couldn't work. Okay. So I graduated from high school and went to university, um, Missouri Western State College. It was then, it's a university now, St. Joseph, Missouri. And I said, I wanted to study nursing. And so the financial aid director says, do you have any source of income? You know, no. And didn't have her, couldn't even qualify for any government loans because I didn't have a social security number. And he's, and this was 1979. And he said, well, let me see what I can do and I'll call you back, you know, give you a call back. And so then the next thing he called and said, go ahead and come and pick your classes. And so I came in August and picked my classes, and then I came to the fee part and went to him, and he wrote a check and gave me the money to go pay for my classes. And I, so I asked him, I said, where did this come from? And he said it came from a special scholarship. You qualified for a special scholarship, so you got it. And so that was just a miracle. That was just God taking care of me. And... Um, so I knew I was 18 years old. I needed, I needed to be independent. I needed to live on my own. So he said, "Could just go pick an apartment and let me know and we'll pay for it. You know, and I was like, oh my goodness. Um, so I went and I chose an apartment downtown and came to him and, and through the scholarship, he was giving me the money to go to nursing school and I lived there for two weeks and I was so depressed because I'm used to yes. family being right. around me all the time. Right. In fact, I pretty much raised my three younger brothers, okay. you know, 13. And so I knew there were families in St. Joseph, Missouri that wanted a student to live with them. And so I called the very first one on the list and her name was Nina Casey. And um, she said, where are you? And I said, I'm at the Baptist Student Union then right. and I always kept in church and right. and um 
she said, I'll come pick you up. And so she came pick me up and all the way to her house, she was witnessing to me the whole time, telling me about the Lord Jesus. And, and so finally, when she pulled up in the driveway, I said, well, I'm a Christian. And she said, oh, really? You know, and so um, she went the next day to my apartment, got my stuff, and then she brought me home with her. And I lived with them for four years. Oh, my goodness. And they provided my room and board, um, and then the scholarship provide the tuition. Now, that's a God thing. Absolutely. That's a God thing. And I graduated from nursing school in 1982 and have been nursing since then. Wow. And I absolutely love it. It's my calling. Mm -hmm. Wow. Been doing it. He wanted you where you were, and he likes you. <laughs> he got me. Oh, I like you. <laughs> I'll do some good stuff for you. That is precious. Yeah. What provision? Yeah. That is That's why I have to tell my story, you know, because even though I didn't know, you know, I learned from my mother to trust God. For the right. big picture, right? I I learned I learned her faith, um, and I knew my life was in God's hands, and I knew He was going to use it for His purpose. You right. know, so that's what kept me going. So rather than trying to figure out the big picture, I just took the next step and the next step and the next step, and God took care of them. That is an amazing faith. Absolutely amazing. So you started nursing, and then you did you get married? Mm -hmm. Okay. But sadly, not everyone who came into Vashti's life desired to help her. Her faith had taken her so far, but it was threatened when a man cut deep into her heart. I married a, a boy from church, and he was three years old, uh, three years younger than me, and... Um, he was, he was a believer, and we had two children, and he was 20, he was 19 when we were married, 27, he was in the police department, and then he said, I never had a chance to sow my wild oats, so I want to get out of this, and he actually um, quit the marriage. So um, I had my boys for four years after that, because when I married, I married for life. Right. Um, and I didn't want to marry again, but I was still stayed in church. And it, through that horrible experience, it, that was not my choice. You know, um, Jesus became my savior, not my mother's savior. That is huge. Yeah. Wow. And so what did that change for you? Um, as far as um, trusting him for the future, mm. really relying on him, um, knowing rejection, um, just like my mother felt, you know, um, and still pressing on. That's, that's what made my faith stronger and he became because I was like you know Jesus has no idea what it's like to go through a painful divorce but in the divorce there's rejection abandonment you know and right and in one communion service it was a candlelight totally quiet Jesus revealed it that he was rejected he was abandoned betrayed 
he knows what that's like. And that's when he became my savior. So um, even in that difficult um, situation, I still see, I still saw God wow. in it. That's sweet. Yeah. Super yeah. sweet. So he um, gave you another child. You have three children. Yes. Okay. So four years later, okay. I, I met my husband, and that's where Hassaniza Day comes from. Okay. He is from Iran. And he came when the Shah yes, in yes. 1979. So he's very much Americanized okay. as I am. And we met, in fact, our friends in, in Kansas City, you don't have much diversity, right? Okay. And I, I had a nursing party and somebody said, oh, um, one of the girl's brother-in-law, he worked for TWA, the airlines. And he said, I know somebody that's from your country. He looks just like you. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, oh, really? And so he gave me his number, and his number was the same prefix of my area. So I called Mahmoud and said, um, oh, somebody gave me your number and said from my country. But he actually, the first time I called him, his message was in Farsi, so I knew he wasn't from Trinidad. <laughs> but we became friends just because there's not very many foreigners right. in that area, and so he was only four blocks from me. And I wasn't interested in relationship, but he, he's all about family and we are too. So we, we were friends for four years before I decided, okay, I'm going to try this again. And so we've been married this year. We'll be 25 years. And that's where the girl came in. Oh, and, precious. And her name is Soraya Hassani Zadeh. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. That's such a great story. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, uh, I have I have learned to trust God because he really has taken care of me even though it has not been an easy road. Right. Right. You know, he he took care of me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people feel alone and I think they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. I bet your daughter is gorgeous. She is. Vashti's faith was unshakable and she sent her daughter into the world with that same faith. Like her mother, Soraya accomplished great things despite all odds. Just looking she, at you and I'm thinking, oh, she's beautiful. <laughs> she, um, she went to four years at Lake Point. Okay. Um, she actually went on many missionary trips. And um, she sold out for the Lord. Uh, not from my will, but, you know, just God just blessed her too. In fact, she just graduated from UNT. And she's going to Boston on a mission church um, they have for college st- students. Mm-hmm. She's actually the administrative assistant to the startup church there. That's awesome. So yeah, oh, so oh, she's she's moving next week to, oh, wow. to Boston. Wow. Are y'all driving? Yeah, which she's driving because she wants her car there. Right, right. It's a but long trip. Twenty-seven hours. Um, my husband works for Southwest Airlines. Oh. And that's why we moved here, because um, TWA, American bought TWA, American closed up shop there, and then he came here to take a job at Southwest. Oh, you're such a wonderful (laughs) wife. And now you're a nurse. Mm -hmm. What kind of nursing do you do? Right now I do oncology. Oh. For the first 25 years, I did mostly heart cardiology. Okay. Open heart surgeries, taking care of chest pain. Oh wow! And now it's but it's now it's all 
oncology, and it's it's my calling. That's awesome. Love You're it. a wonderful nurse. I love it. I love it. Well, I, as much as God can use me, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Showing his love through me is my desire. So that's precious. And that is in someone's great time of need. Yeah, it is. That's awesome. Vashti desires to let God show his love through her. But God also loves to give Vashti her desires. His favor continued to follow them when they moved from Kansas City to Texas. Yet another step of faith. So what did he do for you when you moved to Texas? So um, my husband lost his job with American Airlines. Mm -hmm. And he um, applied everywhere. This was 10 years ago. And the airlines were not um, hiring. They, They were all kind of a standstill. And he tried for nine months to get a job and, and didn't have any success. Finally, I saw an, um, a job opening at Southwest, and I said, why don't you go ahead and just put your application in? You know, you just never know. And he's, I give up. I'm not going. I'm just going to retire. And so I said, well, okay, let me have your resume. Let me put it in. <laughs> and I put it in, and he got a call back. Oh, wow. And he went for an interview, and he was hired. And so in a very short amount of time, we had to relocate from Kansas City to Texas. Okay. And so um, he moved ahead here to um, allow Soraya to finish school. Mm-hmm. And so we were moving in July and um, um, we needed to buy a house. And we need to sell our house. And at that time, 10 years ago, the real estate market was down. It wasn't so easy to sell a house. So he took the pictures of the house, put it on Craigslist. Two weeks later, it was sold. Oh, my goodness. Our house in Kansas City was sold. Then, So we packed up all of our stuff in a truck, came here, and we had looked at houses here thinking, you know, we would already, we didn't want to move to an apartment and then move to a house. We just wanted to move into a house. And none of it was going through. And just in a matter of three days after we had our stuff loaded up in the truck, we came here. We happened to find a house that was foreclosure. And and I had specifics that I wanted in the house. I wanted the, the sun to come in from the south side, not direct sun. And I wanted it kind of in a quiet. I want. I thought I wanted acreage, and so we were looking at acreage. But then this house had 0.3 acres, but it was up against the green belt where there was yes. quiet. And so it it so many specifics about the house that I wanted came on this foreclosure house Wow! and we were able to move in our stuff when our truck, when the truck got here. Now tell me that's not God working. First of all, the, our neighbors in Kansas City was so surprised because they'd had houses down the street up for two years and never, never sold. He sold it on Craigslist. Then <laughs> this house was moving ready. It's just a few things was needed to be fixed, which we fixed and we got the bank loan and all that. All that fell into place. Three on July from July 1st to July 3rd, we moved into the house here. Wow. But, you know, when when I was looking at this area to move, my first priority was to get a church. And the church that I was going to in Liberty, Missouri, he recommended um, Lake Point mm-hmm. because he knew the pastor. 
And so I visited the church and I said, okay, I've got the church. Now <laughs> I have to figure out the school. Right. And so I actually spoke to one of the leaders there at Lake Point and he said, you know, in this area, there's two schools, Rockwall and Rockwall Heath. And so, um, after talking to him about some of the advantages, disadvantages, I chose Rockwall Heath and then the house, it fell right into that, you know, wow. this side of the highway versus right. north side of the highway. And it, it all fell in place. And it was, it was God's perfect will because Soraya was involved in Lake Point for four years. Um, actually, no, it was six, it was six years because she started in middle school. Anyway, long time. Right. And and she was very involved in the mission and it, it met all of the her needs as far as being young and being right. very active in church. Oh, awesome. And then I went to interview for a job as a nurse mm -hmm. and the very first interview I had, they said, Can you start tomorrow? <laughs> you know. So it was like and I have been there for ten years. Wow. So it was I never thought I would do oncology. Right. Um, and, but the recruiter says, oh, try it. You, you would like it. UT Southwestern Medical Center. Okay. And I tried it and I liked it and I'm still there. That's awesome. <laughs> well, he just, he just prepared the way and said, here you go. That's so wonderful. He has done that through all of my life. As a little girl, what would you tell yourself about life? Now looking back on it, I would say, um, trust God for the big picture mm -hmm. and, you know, only worry about the next step that's in front of you rather than looking at the whole staircase. Mm -hmm. You know, I really, I think that's what's kept me going. I didn't know for sure what the future hold, but um, I knew God was in it. Yeah, and he's been faithful. He's been faithful. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for telling your story. I love it. I love <laughs> thank it. you. So thank beautiful. you for allowing me. I, I, He's given me this story, and I love to share it. Thanks again for listening to Kaval the Podcast. It's our joy to share these stories of hope in a confusing world. To keep up with our guests and adventures in podcasting, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We would also love it if you gave us a review on whatever podcasting platform you use. It helps us continue to share hope around the world. We are so grateful for our listeners who financially support Kavatha Podcast. If you would like to become a supporter, please consider donating via Patreon or contacting us about sponsorship opportunities. You can find more information at kavahpodcast.com. That's Q-A-V-A-H podcast.com. I would like to thank my head writer, Rebecca Gray, and audio engineer, Meredith Douglas. I could not do this without you. You make this happen, and I can't express my gratitude. Maybe you've been listening because you found yourself in a desperate place. We want you to know that all is not lost. It is our desire that you would be able to borrow hope from those who've gone before you, those who've waited, 
to find a positive outcome. Please be sure and connect with us via our website or social media. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.